Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Wednesday show. Happy to be back here with a little bit more of a voice today. I'm Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings. All right, guys, last year we did a very cool thing. We did the pick-by-pick series. So let's do it again. You guys ready? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Um, today's sponsors, real quick. Head & Shoulders is a sponsor today, as you just heard. Go to headandshoulders.com slash NFL for more on Head & Shoulders. Great shampoo. Loving the shampoo. FanDuel is a sponsor, and today's a big FanDuel day because I'm doing a bonus DFS episode later on today to talk about FanDuel, to talk about just how to play DFS with Mike McClure, who's basically as much of an expert as you can get. But go to FanDuel.com slash FFT and get a $5 bonus. And our third sponsor today is SeatGeek. And you can go to SeatGeek.com or download the app and use the code FFT and get $10 off your first purchase. All right, we're going to run through some news and notes. We actually have uh, most of the shows already been recorded because we spoke to Chris Harris from Harris Football. Uh, about IDP, about some of the players he likes, about some strategy. You're going to hear that interview in the second half of the show. But first, we're going to tell you how to draft from each spot in a 12-team PPR league. And we're going to talk about an absolutely dreadful team that was picked with the 12th overall pick. Um, At least, you know, I think it's pretty bad. We'll see what uh, Jamie and Heath have to say. But let's do the news and notes real quick here, guys. The Dolphins are reportedly interested in acquiring Jadeveon Clowney from Houston. Um, and Kenyon Drake's name has been floated there. Laramie Tunsil, the left tackle, his name's also been floated. So give me a reaction to this spicy rumor. If they trade Laramie Tunsil, it would be one of the top five dumbest things I've heard from a franchise that has done a lot of dumb things. Uh, you can't trade a left tackle of his caliber for Clowney as good as he is. And I think there was there were some tweets last night saying it's not going to be Tunsil if Clowney. It 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 can't be. Yeah. Um. That would just be idiotic. Uh. What? I think well, if wait, they can this give... is a this is a premier pass rusher, man. I don't know that it's idiotic to trade a left tackle for a pass rusher. Well, the the left tackle is younger and cheaper. I, and I, I don't think that. they're trading him. Okay. So what if it? So no, it's, it's 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 all things factored in. I mean, player for player, Clowney's a better player. But it's so then do it. In, no, you don't do it. They're not going to. It's okay, they're not going to do yeah. it. So, <laughs> so what do you make of the of the Kenyon? I think Drake, if they if if know. the trade is picks for Drake, picks and Drake, uh, and maybe Kenny Stills because that's also a potential part of this. Um, then I think it makes sense. Uh, if it's you know just fantasy wise, I think Kenyon Drake in Houston would be good. I would rather him just stay in Miami. I'd rather him be on a bad team sharing with Kalen Balazs than on a good team sharing with Duke Johnson. That probably does make more sense for his fantasy value. I, I guess I was thinking more from the Texans as a team. Right. Yes, if, um, it, if it's for them. I don't like yeah, uh, Drake. You're very I, selfish. I think Drake, Drake would still probably be the same type of guy. A little bit lower. The only thing I don't know is if he's just a first and second down guy with Duke Johnson on the team. 
I would think they mix and match because their skill set is somewhat similar. Yeah. I mean, Drake is probably better suited to be a first and second down guy, but right. I mean, you know, he's he's a pretty good pass catcher. He might score more touchdowns, I guess. Well, this is why, except Lamar Miller never scored any touchdowns, but this is why Dave seemed a little bit lower on Duke Johnson because he just assumed they're going to bring someone in. It's going to hurt Duke's value. So how much yeah. should we have that in mind when we're drafting Duke Johnson? Who One of you said you saw him go in the fourth round yesterday. Right. I've got him as a fifth round pick in PPR, and I've only given him 35% of their carries. So I'm expecting somebody else to come in and take half. If it was Kenyon Drake, that's toward the upper end of who I right. thought they might acquire, and that would hurt him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I still think he's going to get more work than I expected in the beginning. I'm I'm still of the mindset it's going to be a Carlos Hyde type, a, a Kenneth Dixon type, a a guy that's you know been around for a few years and struggling to hang on, uh, whether it's their respective team because of circumstance, like a Dixon or Hyde who's been kicked around the league a few times. So I I, I don't think it's going to impact Duke Johnson the level of what Kenyon Drake would do. Right. If it's Kenya Drake, then, you know, both guys, I guess I'll backtrack from where say both guys will lose. Okay. Kyle Shanahan talked extensively about Dante Pettis. And, you know, he, he basically talked about how good Pettis is and that he's really pushing Dante Pettis and he's hard on Dante Pettis because he thinks, that, you know, there's a lot there. So, Jamie, you shared that the quote with me yesterday. Did it make you more optimistic about drafting Pettis? No. I, I mean... <laughs> At th- at this point, I need to see it from him, you know. And it- it's funny because the the way that I viewed Pettis coming into the season was he had a great four game stretch when Marquise Goodwin was dealing with some issues and hurt. Um, they had nobody else really in the receiving core. George Kittle is kind of locked into his role, but you know they added two receivers in the draft and getting Goodwin back. And I thought that he was going to get pushed, but I still thought he was the best of of the bunch. And I, I sort of you know not not to a huge degree, you know, moved Pettis up a few times and dropped him a few times. But at this point, with the way that he's performed or lack thereof and how they've been using him in the preseason, it's just difficult to, you know, warrant drafting him in the first 100 overall picks. He could still be their best guy. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But, you know, he did all that without Jimmy Garoppolo, and you wonder if they have a rapport that may not be the same as what the rapport is with Goodwin. I I am a little bit higher on him, I guess. Um, I mean, I took him yesterday in this pick-by-pick that we're going to talk about at pick 94, and I really like that a lot. The two receivers taken before that were Deshaun Jackson and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't believe either of them have anywhere close to Dante Pettis' upside. Oh, I'd take MVS over him. Would you? Significantly. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know how he's going to get that many targets if Adams is still getting 150. I would think that at this point, I would not be shocked if he gets more targets than Pettis. Yeah, I haven't real. I haven't downgraded Pettis near as much though. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know where the, I, you know, like when they get Trent Taylor back, and at this point with Jalen Hurd battling a little bit of injury, maybe that helps him. I think when everyone healthy, him and Marquise Goodwin are starting. I don't know if that's the case. I hope it's the case. That's my expectation. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if that's the case. I think they like Debo Samuel at this point better than Dante Pettis. Oh, I mean that's that's a bit of a I mean that's an assumption. I, I there's no evidence to point to that. They, like, well, no, I was reading some stuff last night where, you know, one reporter in San Francisco alluded to Debo moving up and Dante moving down just based on how they're using those guys. Okay. Well, that, that's just that's just speculation. Yeah. All right. So so you mentioned Sean Jackson. He broke his finger, but he should be able to play week one. So, Heath, you said you'd rather Not have according to a report. Not according to a report. Justine okay. Anderson said it could be a three to four week injury. Okay. Well, according to a different report, he, he can play week one. So, all right. So, I guess that Apparently means— Apparently, he's trying out a, he's trying out a splint. That's going to kind of determine, I think, how this goes. 
All right. So we'll see with Deshaun Jackson. Uh, if it if it is three to four weeks, you can't draft him. Jordan Reed expected to be ready for week one. Uh, so yeah. you, you can draft him. That's good. Washington apparently wants to trade Josh Doxson before week one, according yeah. to The Athletic. I have some socks that I found in my drawer. they got a <laughs> hole in the toe. I would also like to trade those. <laughs> Uh, San Francisco wide receiver Trent Taylor unlikely to be ready for week one. Same with Kiki QT for Houston. Cam Newton should be fine for week one. That's great. Uh, Pewter reports Trevor Sakema. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Thinks that Dari Agumbawale, I do think I'm pronouncing that right, will begin the season as Tampa Bay's third down back. Uh, what do you guys think the chances of Dari Agumbawale being like a must-own player at some point this season are? This is Heath's theory just com- coming to fruition with a different player. Go back and scrub all of the podcasts from the summer where I said Bruce Anderson. I meant Dare. <laughs> I just I got the names confused. I'm sorry. Yeah. This this is this is a, a easy last round pick at this point for anybody. And if you if you drafted already and you have a dead roster spot, go pick him up. Dare Agunbawale for Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean he could be their best guy by the time we get to the middle of the season. Yeah. I mean it sounds it sounds so much like Bruce Anderson that like I totally get. Why you made that mistake? I just got the names mixed up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rob Gronkowski. I, I'll tell you. I, I, just to give you an example, I, I have uh, uh, our dynasty team that we share, Adam, which I don't consult with you at all. Um, thousand dollar budget. I spent fifty one dollars on him just to make sure I got him. All right, so it's like five bucks, five dollars and ten cents out of a hundred. Uh, Rob Gronkowski did not rule out a return. Is anybody stashing Gronk? No, no. DK Metcalf has a chance to play week one, uh, during which point he will begin his assault uh, to be the best receiver in Seattle, score the most touchdowns. Jarek McKinnon returned to practice, which, you know, we don't like for for uh, Tevin Coleman. Uh, Tevin Coleman, okay, so, yeah, I know I asked this yesterday. I'll ask it again. Tevin Coleman or Duke Johnson in, in any format? Still All Coleman. the formats. Joe Coleman. Okay. And Carly Lloyd, U.S. soccer star Carly Lloyd, is considering trying to become an NFL kicker. She made a 55-yard field goal the other day in practice. She took uh, five steps instead of two, but that would be really cool, and I'm rooting for it. All right, big day today, Sportsline Day. Sportsline is taking over CBSSports.com. Sportsline is a website that is a gambling site, a DFS site, a fantasy site. It costs $9.99 a month, which is nothing for gambling advice. If you use the promo code TROPHY, you can get your first month for just $1. Go to sportsline.com slash join and use the code TROPHY. We've got a bonus episode publishing tonight, Wednesday night, with Mike McClure. I'm going to talk to him about DFS and just give you sort of an overview. It's not necessarily who to play in week one. It's, hey, I've got $100 I want to spend. How should I spend it? You know, stuff like that should be very helpful. And Mike's a really good fantasy mind. Uh, please leave five-star reviews. I, You know, we talked about them for so long, but... Um, I kind of stopped, but it would be really helpful to leave a five-star review. And there's nothing that can help this podcast grow as much as you. Word of mouth, telling your friends or telling people that aren't in your fantasy leagues, whatever it is, we'd really appreciate all your support. Speaking of your support, I get a ton of your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I have not read enough of them, but I will have a mailbag tomorrow. So, you know, I apologize for not responding to more. I've been traveling. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate all the emails. Keep them coming. Fantasy football at CBSI, the letter I.com. We'll have a mailbag show tomorrow. And I on fantasy football is our Saturday night radio show. Make sure you tune in big show this week. I might be doing it solo because there's a hurricane coming to South Florida. And I don't know if any of the guys are going to be able to join me, but I think they probably will. I on fantasy football on CBS sports radio, Sirius channel 206, 10 PM Eastern to midnight. We take your phone calls, uh, on Saturday night. 
All right, we're going to get to our pick-by-pick series right now. We're going to take a quick break first on Fantasy Football Today. When we come back, start breaking down how to draft from each spot in the draft. First question I have for uh, Jamie and Heath. This was a 12-team PPR league, and, and the way it worked was Jamie, Dave, Heath, Ben, they each made every four picks. You know, they each had— You should probably reference which Ben. Ben Gretsch. Yes, Ben Gretsch. Uh, they each made four picks per round and controlled four teams, basically. Uh, was it a three-receiver league? Yes. Yes. I knew the answer was going to be yes to that. Basically, we have transitioned to the big three-receiver. Like, every single draft we do is three-receivers. Okay. 12 teams, PPR, three-receivers. Five running backs went to start the draft, including David Johnson. Was He, he was fourth overall, right? Ahead of Zeke? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was Ben, who loves David Johnson. And you guys probably hated that pick, right? He's on my bust list. Yeah, that high, absolutely. I, I, I could I could still be okay with him in the first round, but it's got to be the back half. So it was Saquon, Kamara, McCaffrey, David Johnson, and Ezekiel Elliott with the first five picks. This was done yesterday, by the way, Tuesday. Um, then wide receivers throughout. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, wide receivers throughout the rest of the round. Juju Smith-Schuster to Heath, who took him ahead of Devontae Adams. Uh, then Odell Beckham to Ben. And then Devontae Adams to Jamie. Must have been pretty happy to get your number one wide receiver, ninth overall. Yeah, absolutely. Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, and Tyreek Hill. Um, I think Heath is probably in there moving the cursor around. Is that you, Heath? I am. Okay, yeah. I yeah. Do that. Distracting me. Really drives you crazy. So so there you go. You've got your top seven wide receivers all in the first round in a three-receiver PPR league. I want to pa- – okay, so this is not necessarily about when these guys are going. This is about how to draft at each spot. So – Let's look at Team 12. Team 12 tried to go 0RB, and personally, I hate it. I bet Ben, if he were here, he, he might like it, uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know about that. So it was Tyree Kill. It was very Chiefsy, by the way. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey at the 1-2 at the turn. Chris Godwin, Patrick Mahomes at 36 and 37 overall. Then Jarvis Landry and Curtis Samuel. In rounds, uh, what would that be? That would be four and five, five and six, sorry. Rounds five and six, Landry and Curtis Samuel. Six picks without a running back, but starting with Mahomes at quarterback, uh, Kelsey at tight end, and at wide receiver. Oh, is there a flex in this league? I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at wide receiver. Those are all starters for him. Yeah. Tyree, except for running back. Tyree Kill, Chris Godwin, Jarvis Landry, Curtis Samuel. Yeah, those are all. I know what you, sorry, I know what you meant now. Those are all starters. His running backs are Matt Breida, Rashad Penny, Kalen Balage, Justice Hill, Ito Smith, Chase Edmonds, and Ryquel Armstead. Again, it's Breida, Penny, Kalen Balage, Justice Hill, Ito Smith, Chase Edmonds, Ryquel Armstead. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm all about zero RB, but there's not one starting running back there. At least it doesn't seem that way. Uh, I don't know that this team would work. What do you guys think? I, I think... In a three wide receiver league where you also start a flex, you're looking at a situation where he probably has the best quarterback, probably has the best tight end, in my opinion, has one of the five or six best wide receivers. He's fine at number two receiver, probably good let's in say, PPR at number three receiver. Because I know people can't remember. So Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, Jarvis Landry, and then Curtis Samuel as your flex. I don't really like the Jarvis Landry Curtis Samuel turn. Right. Yeah. Um, 
there are other receivers that he could have stuck with the plan and gone receiver, and I would have been happy with it. He was a little shook when I took Kenyon Drake at the end of the fifth. I believe he cursed at me. <laughs> and then he cursed at me again when I took Latavius Murray at the end of the seventh. Um, so he just missed out on having a couple of much better options at running back. But I, I really think that turn with Landry and Samuel was, in my opinion, where it kind of went wrong. But also, if Landry is a top 25 receiver like he has been, and Samuel breaks out like Jamie said, I don't think it matters who your running backs are. I do. I, I, think, well, you, I think you can take five points per week from your no, running backs. I don't, I you're don't beating know. everybody. That's a, that's a best-case scenario. I, but, I mean, you're, I agree with you what you said. It's the Landry-Samuel turn is where it goes south, especially given the guys that he passed up on. Forget about the receivers, because you can argue all you want to about the guys that went right after him of D.D. Westbrook and Allen Robinson and Christian Kirk being better than those other two guys. I'm not going to fight you on that. But like he passed on Marlon Mack and Duke Johnson. Forget about missing on Drake. Either one of those two guys makes his roster incrementally better. Right. And he just does not like running backs in that range of the draft. I mean, he's, ta- he's been on here and talked about it. He wrote, sure. a, wrote a, whole, a whole piece about it. Sure. But it's also then what he could have done at the receiver spot by comparison to the running backs that he got to, which I'll let you bring up, Adam. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, I don't, I don't want to spend the whole time on this team, but yeah, I think I think if for most of us, if, if instead of Jarvis Landry and Curtis Samuel, he had taken one of those guys plus Marlon Mack or Duke Johnson or Austin Eckler, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a safer team. And then he could have gotten Larry Fitzgerald later. He could have gotten um, a host of guys, you know. All right, so so let's let's go through these teams, right? So. Let's uh, let's then go to since we're thirteen picks in, you know, Travis Kelsey was the second pick of round two. Let's go to Heath at pick eleven. Um, you took Michael Thomas, and then in round two, there are no more. Uh, Mike Evans is the next receiver, uh, and only five running backs are off the board at that point. So, what were you thinking there in round two? Yeah, I I generally expect like I I don't make the intentional plan and don't stick to it. But I generally expect I'm going to go zero running back from the eleventh pick. But when seven of them go in the first round and James Connor's staring at me with the second pick of the second round, I'm thrilled with that. To start with Michael Thomas and James Connor, very very happy with that start. Mike Evans, I've taken him a couple of picks after this. I think Ben took him three picks after this. I can't take as much as I'm excited about his upside. I can't take Mike Evans over James Connor or Nick Chubb. Dave had the 10th pick. He took Julio Jones. And then coming back in the second round, he went with Nick Chubb. So similar strategy to Heath. Heath goes Michael Thomas, James Conner. Dave has Julio Jones, Nick Chubb. We're kind of snaking back here in the second round. We're going from the 12th, you know, team 12 to 11 to 10, now to 9. Jamie, you had Devontae Adams in round one. And with your second pick, you were looking at Mike Evans, and but you decided to take um, a running back. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, I, I'm as as I agree with Heath. As much as I like Mike Evans, I wasn't going to pass up either of those three running backs if they fell to me of Connor, Chubb, or Bell. And you could have probably talked me into Joe Mixon if uh, if I didn't get one of those three guys. Okay, so then Ben decided uh, with pick eight, he took Odell Beckham in round one. So now he's on the clock with his second pick, and with Connor, Chubb, and Bell off the board plus Travis Kelsey, he went with Mike Evans. And this is also a this is a somewhat zero RB team for Ben in the eight spot. Um, we'll come around to it in round three when he picks his first running back. So it's more like a one RB. Uh, so Heath, you were up with the seventh pick. You took Juju Smith Schuster, and now you've got eight wide receivers off the board plus eight running backs. And your second pick for the Juju team, picking out of the seventh spot, was 
it was Joe Mixon, and I don't really like feel great about it. I'm a little bit concerned about every running back left and excited at the same time. Like I think Joe Mixon has the same top five upside that we've talked about with carry on and with Dalvin cook, but I would much prefer in that spot to get Mike Evans. Um, so I, I wish that had happened, but it didn't. Okay. But, but you, you deem Mixon better than any of the next wide receivers, any of the tight ends. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. So then Dave, so so like what's what's fr- you know from a from a takeaway standpoint, what's a little frustrating about this draft is that for you listeners out there, like the the second tight end and the third tight end, they went earlier than than they probably will in your drafts, and they both went to Dave. <laughs> Dave took and the first tight end based on ADP. Yeah, I think that's more common though to see Kelsey going thirteenth overall then don't don't disagree. I'm just saying, you know, based yeah. on what the averages are. Kittle went to Dave with the with uh, the seventh pick of round two. And then Zach Ertz went to Dave with the second to last pick of round two. So he went Hopkins Kittle with this with team six, picking out of the sixth spot, Hopkins and Kittle. Which Jamie put you on the clock with Ezekiel Elliott. And um this is a PPR three receiver league. You decided it was okay to go with two running backs. I did that a couple times. Yeah, I, I just took the best player available. I wasn't going to reach. Um, the only player I would have considered would have been Keenan Allen if I was not taking a running back. But for me, it was either going to be on Johnson, Dalvin Cook, or Leonard Fournette. And why did you go with on Johnson? I just think he's got the most upside as a pass catcher of that trio. Okay, then we go to Ben, who had David Johnson with the fourth pick, and he took Dalvin Cook. So that's another team that started running back, running back. And then Heath... Uh, with on Johnson, Dalvin Cook recently off the board, you had Christian McCaffrey with the third overall pick. So this is your second round pick. What did you do? I took Keenan Allen, and I actually have Allen in PPR, especially in three wide receiver leagues, just ahead. Of, I, I love that on cook Fournette group, but I have Allen just ahead of them. Um, it was a little bit of a tough choice with Ertz because I like Ertz more than Kittle, and I think this is right about the spot he should go in PPR, but the three wide receivers pushed me over the edge to Allen. All right, so you went with Christian McCaffrey and Keenan Allen. Dave, picking from the two spot, had Alvin Kamara. He went with Zach Ertz in the second round. And Jamie had Saquon Barkley. And then let's talk. Okay, so this team I think is worth getting into right now. So Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley was your first pick, a three-receiver PPR league. And what did you do with your second and third picks? <laughs> I just decided I was going to be uh, a little different and take best player as opposed to best, you know, uh, best guy for position. So I took the two best players that I had ranked, which were Leonard Fournette and Todd Gurley. Three I running thought, backs. Okay, let's, let, let's figure it out. It's uh, this is a good point though, because it, it like this happens to me a lot, and I don't get to pick in the first three very often for some reason. But when I pick in the first three, um, what happened to Jamie and what happened with Ben happens to me a lot in the twelve pick. Maybe not quite as extreme, but Jamie starts off his team with no wide receivers in his first four rounds. Ben from the twelve spot starts off with no running backs in his first six picks. And I, I don't think that's really that abnormal. I'll tell you the thing about this team that I love and I hate. Like, if you're just in a vacuum telling me I can have A.J. Green, Sterling Shepard, and Emmanuel Sanders with the three running backs that I have of Barkley, Fournette, and Gurley, and then the tight end and Ingram, the only thing that I don't like is that I'm locked in with the Giants. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, you have three Giants, Barkley, Ingram, as, and Shepard. As talents, though. Like, that's if you tell idea. me that I'm getting... 16 games out of those three running backs, two running backs and a flex. I'm starting all three guys. I mean, we, yeah. we've all, you know, glowed about Ingram. 
if AJ Green comes back after three weeks and gives me the majority of the season, I mean, a lot of ifs, obviously. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, given the fact that I started with three running backs and still able to get not just the three receivers that I got, because I do like Crowder and Brown as fourth and fifth options on their own. I actually like the way that they came together. All right, so the team is Russell Wilson, a quarterback. He was a round 12 pick. The running backs are Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, and Todd Gurley. Those are your two running backs in your flex. The tight end is Evan Ingram. And then you have A.J. Green, Sterling Shepard, and Emmanuel Sanders starting for you. With some good bench-wide receivers as well. I won't read all the names, but A.J. Green, Sterling Shepard, Emmanuel Sanders. And you could throw John Brown, Jamison Crowder in there if you don't like Sanders. Um, well, I have to start one of them for the first couple of weeks. Oh, right, because of A.J. Green. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you backed up Todd Gurley with, with Malcolm Brown, which is nice. Um, all right, let's compare that team to one of your other teams. How about Team 5, which also started running back, running back, mm-hmm. but not three running backs. So, instead of, so Team 1 for Jamie, in a three-receiver PPR league, did not take a wide receiver until Round 5. He went Barkley, Fournette, Gurley, Evan Ingram. Team five for Jamie, picking out of the five spot, went Ezekiel Elliott, Carrion Johnson, but then Julian Edelman, Kenny Galladay, and O.J. Howard. Um, so you went with receivers with picks three and four, and you went with it. You got an elite, uh, you know, a second tier, great tight end, just like Team One did. You have Austin Eckler. You have Sammy Watkins as your third receiver. Is Austin Eckler your flex on this team? Yeah, right? So it's Zeke, carry on Johnson. Well, I Eckler. hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so. But if I don't have Elliott start the season, then I'm starting Eckler and carry on Johnson. And I'm scrambling a little yeah. bit at the flex spot to start the year. Yeah. Well, I think, which team do you like better? So this team is Lamar Jackson, Zeke, carry on, and Eckler. Edelman, Galladay, and Watkins. OJ Howard at tight end compared to the Barkley-Fournette-Gurley team with Evan Ingram at tight end, Green, Sterling Shepard, Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown, at, and Jameson Crowder. Which team do you like better? If I have Elliott for 16 games, it's this one. Yeah. Um, but if you have Gurley as Todd Gurley in the third-round pick, it might be that one. <laughs> well, I, yes, but I, I think just looking at it, taking a step back at it, you know, like there are a lot more ifs with Team 1 than there are with Team 5. The biggest if is the first-round pick. And I, I, will, I think it also it's worth saying that this kind approach kind of shows you what can happen when you're picking on the end because Jamie should have had better receivers. There was a run in round 4 where T- Tyler Lockett, T.Y. Hilton, Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, Kenny Galladay, D.J. Moore, Tyler Boyd, Josh Gordon, all taken in like eight picks in a row right before Jamie. Most of those guys are not going to go in the fourth round, and very few drafts are all of those guys going to go in the Well, it's also, I mean, look, we're, we are drafting, and, and I'm confident in saying this, with four of the best people in this industry. Right. And it's, it's very challenging. Like, you know, we, we get through, it's exhausting after this is over because you are going through every single player. We do not draft defenses. We do not draft kickers. So Ben at the end is saying, I don't, like he's just throwing running backs at the, at the wall. Uh, making a joke about it. like he drafted Rex Burkhead. Heath drafted Jerick McKinnon. You know, these guys are never going to get drafted at this point. And to Heath's point about the run on receivers, we we actually devalue running backs in this draft. That is never going to be the case. You're not going to see Mark Ingram in the fifth round. David Montgomery's not making it to the fifth round. Marlon Mack is not making it to the sixth round. Duke Johnson's not making it to the sixth. It's just not happening. 
Well, so, and, and, you don't think you, so in a three receiver PPR league? No, you think it's possible? no, not not in every casual draft. I mean, you know, I I've done now um, four drafts with my friends who are, I would say, experienced players, but they're not, you know, digesting this on a day to day basis like we do. And so, like you know, the quarterbacks go much earlier. You know, the 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 the, yeah. the names that they know go much earlier. Right. Well, that's why I thought maybe so, the running backs would fall because they do take the quarterbacks earlier. But fair enough. Um, some of the running backs will fall. Like the guys that we've been pumping up, will a few of them will just like. There will be lots of drafts this weekend where Duke Johnson doesn't go in the first six or seven rounds. I actually, well, I did a draft with 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 friends who I don't consider to be in very much in tune with what's going. I mean, they tell me they're like, oh, I just you know started reading some stuff, listened to a couple of your podcasts to see what you're going to do. Uh, the, the the day of. Right. And yeah. Duke Johnson went in the fourth round. And this is, a, you know, from a guy that I, I know does not really pay much attention to. It. All right. So we'll, we'll come back. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about team building, um, some more strategies to take a look at. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. All right. So let's get back to the sort of pick by pick uh, breakdown here. So Jamie had the first pick of the draft and we know he went Barkley, Fournette and then Todd Gurley. Dave was on the clock in round three now with Alvin Kamara and Zach Ertz. And then he took Damian Williams. Um, okay, so Damian Williams, that's that's a good idea of when Dave is comfortable taking him. Are you guys comfortable taking Damian Williams 26th overall? Yes. That's right about the right range. And I, you have to love the upside for Dave's team with that type of starts. I mean, you have a fantastic tight end and two possibly elite running backs. Okay, I think it's but, interesting to compare the first two teams because, like, you look at it, Dave's number one receiver is Josh Gordon. Right. My number one receiver is A.J. Green. By the middle of the year, who's better? I, I hope A.J. Green. Yeah. I expect A.J. Green. Right. I have him ranked higher. Right. And I got right. him around later. Well, you got him. No, you got him. Oh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused because it's... You got him a full round later or you got him... No, you got him two picks later. Two picks later, but it's a round later. <laughs> you got him with the first pick of round five. I got him around five. Dave got him around Dave four. got Josh Gordon with the second to last pick of round four. Um, So I think team two is interesting. Because it is a three-receiver league, and you can start four receivers, and the receivers aren't very good. So this goes back to what we were talking about yesterday, is do you, if you take a tight end early, should you also take a quarterback early and try to be elite at both spots? Or should you just be more worried about sort of filling out your running back and receiver depth? So let's take a look at team two. Kamara, and when I say team two, it means picking out of the second spot, obviously. Kamara, Ertz. Damian Williams, like it's a really cool spark, cool start, very <laughs> exciting. Josh Gordon, and then Deshaun Watson in round five, and the best, you know, Heath had just alluded to that wide receiver run um, of Cup, uh, Ridley, Galladay, Moore, Boyd, Gordon, AJ Green. The best wide receiver there was Mike Williams. So I think. Well, well, the next on, the next guy drafted was Mike Williams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, okay, so who was the best wide receiver left then, if it wasn't Mike Williams? I mean, I would say that was DD was still on the board, right? In my rankings, yeah. it'd be DD. Yeah, I would say it's any one of DD, Samuel, I think Emmanuel Robbie Sanders. Anderson. Robbie Anderson, yeah, that group. So are those guys good enough to go ahead of Deshaun Watson as Dave's second wide receiver, or should he have just taken Deshaun Watson there, which is what he did? I mean, this kind of goes back to what I was saying with what I did with Team 1. It's, you know, if it's either you're going to take something to fill a need, 
Um, and when I say that, obviously he needs a quarterback, but to fill a need at a, a, a deeper roster position, because right. like you said, we're starting three receivers. And I made the same conscious decision. I, I actually thought when the, the board was falling to me that, okay, if Josh Gordon makes it to me, I'm taking Josh Gordon, AJ Green. And then when Gordon went, I said, you know what? I'm just going to take the best player, which was Evan Ingram. And so I took Ingram and, and Green. And so I think in Dave's case, he took the best player. The funny thing is, when Dave picked Josh Gordon, he was trying, because I, I was actually talking to him. You were in here, I think, doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to decide whether to take Josh Gordon or A.J. Green to see if either one of them would fall. And you were planning on taking both of them. So I, I, I was going to. Neither of them were going to. Yeah, no, I, I, because, again, the way that I built my team was, let me get those three receivers. I'm like, oh, wow, if I can get those three running backs and A.J. Green and Josh Gordon, I love this. And I still love it, you know, with, with Ingram. It's just a matter of, you know, you're, you're shuffling positions around and, and and I think this goes to again you have to start a quarterback so do you want to have one of the best which obviously Deshaun Watson is or do you want to have mediocre guy and Mike Williams or Will Fuller or D.D. Westbrook or whoever you want to throw into that spot all right so I, I want to spend a little more time on this team because I think Dave made the right call in taking Deshaun Watson so yes Alvin Kamara Zach Ertz Damian Williams Josh Gordon Deshaun Watson when your number one wide receiver is Josh Gordon who who never plays 16 games and, and has had you know battled issues obviously you can't sit there and assume he's going to play 16 games it's a little scary so Dave in round six took Alshon Jeffrey and then his next three picks were running back so he has to start three receivers and right now they're looking like Josh Gordon Alshon Jeffrey and then maybe James Washington Cole Beasley Michael Gallup and Nikhil Harry those are his other guys I mean he's going to be weak at wide receiver but he's great. Kamara and Damian Williams, Zach Ertz, Deshaun Watson, and then he also has James White as a flex. He has Justin Jackson. He took Tony Pollard in round nine instead of a third wide receiver, but really it was just John Brown and Cortland Sutton he could have had before his next pick. Jamie took both of them um, in between Dave's next pick. So I don't know. Like I, you, you look at his roster and you say, gosh, you're starting Michael Gallup, James Washington, Cole's, Cole Beasley, or, Nik- or Nikhil Harry at your third receiver. And I say, you know what? Like He'll... He'll figure it out. It's a long season. There are waivers. I, I like this team, even with the glaring hole at, at receiver, which is Gordon, Alshon, Jeffrey, and then that crap I just talked about. I, I think it's interesting to compare this team to Ben's number 12 team just because, yes, he started off with great running backs. He's got a top two quarterback. He's got a top two tight end, but he's probably behind Ben in both of those spots. He's got Ben's got two spots that he's got to fill every week. And he's got to find it amongst these running backs, Breida, Penny, Balazs, Hill, you know, waiver wire, whatever. Dave's got two spots that he's got to fill. No, he has one. He's got to fill a flex. James White. Well, James White would be his flex. Okay, okay. So Which he's makes, got... it, but makes a big difference. I mean, not. it's a good point. It, it, it I is, think that James White is. really kind of puts his team, makes makes me feel a lot better about his team. It, it is a fair comparison because I, I think while I would give the edge to Jeffrey, you can make a comparison that Jeffrey and Matt Breida, given what their roles are in their respective teams, are kind of similar. And then it's, you know, James White to Jarvis Landry, flex to flex. Or no, I guess it'd be Curtis Samuel. So so do you like the more running back heavy approach or the more wide receiver heavy approach? I think if Ben had just taken a couple different running backs, like the only thing I don't like what Dave did was I, I think taking the three running backs back to back to back while there's certainly plenty of upside, like if Ezekiel Elliott signs, there's no way Tony Pollard should be in the spot on his team. And I, you said something about how unsafe Ben's team was. I, I actually like Ben's floor, I think, a little better. Oh, yeah, I would agree. You know, because if, 
you know, look, there, you know, in looking at Ben's team, there's probably a chance of because he took Matt Breida, Rashad Penny, Kalen Balaj, Justice Hill, and Edo Smith. I'll throw Chase Edmonds in there as well. There's probably a good chance that maybe two of those guys are starting three or four weeks because the guy in front of them got hurt. Yeah, right. So, and, and just to re- we keep mentioning Ben's team, this is the Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Chris Godwin, Jarvis Landry, Curtis Samuel. No running backs until round what round seven? Seven. No running backs until round seven. Team. So, um, yeah, he is a couple of injuries away from like winning the league, which is I think is Ben's philosophy: get guys in good offenses that could push into a huge role. All right. Uh, yeah, but he he and I did a similar approach, you know, like where he's shallow at one spot and he just threw everything that he had from round seven on and at running back. I did the same thing at receiver. All right. So you're talking about with team one where you took Barkley for team one. Early. Yes. Right. All right. Let's go to team three. So Heath, um, how did you build this team? Instead, we're not going to have time to go pick by pick. So how did you build team three? Well, you started with McCaffrey and Keenan Allen. Yeah, I started with uh, one running back in Christian McCaffrey and took three straight wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Tyler Boyd. And I fully expect that to be one of the better receiving cores in the league, maybe not quite as good as Ben's. And then I took three more running backs. I couldn't continue to let Melvin Gordon fall. I got him with the, I believe, 10th pick of the sixth round. It could be a wasted pick, but I really expect he's going to play at least half the year. And if we get to a point to where I'm starting Christian McCaffrey and Melvin Gordon and Tevin Coleman is my flex, and I've got those three wide receivers and Carson Wentz at quarterback, I'm going to like this team a lot. Um, I did the friendship strategy in uh, around 11 and 12 with Miles Boykin and Marquise Brown. And then a pair of tight ends at the very end of the draft. Glad Jordan Reed's playing week one. And I've kind of come around to the idea that as disappointing as he was last year, I don't know that Trey Burton should be the number 20 tight end in ADP. He's probably he's probably going to finish somewhere in the top 15. I like this team. McCaffrey, Tevin Coleman, Melvin Gordon, Tariq Cohen, and Peyton Barber, and Jarek McKinnon at running back. You only have to start two, but you could certainly go McCaffrey, Coleman, and Tariq Cohen as your flex. With Keenan Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Tyler Boyd, I mean, that's probably how it's going to line up. Uh, and then Carson Wentz at quarterback, and then late tight ends, Jordan Reed and Trey Burton. I won't go through all the bench players, but yeah, I, I think this is a good team. Um, so you went running back, receiver, 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 and then team four is pretty interesting in this three-receiver league. Ben went David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, and then he went nuts at receiver. He took six straight wide receivers. David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Brandon Cooks, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson, Corey Davis, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to take six straight receivers, I don't know that he nailed it. Like, Cooks, DJ... Well, he took, he took upside guys. Look, the thing is, like, Ben has his guys. I, ben and I probably just disagree on players a lot, so I don't want to, you know, I'm not saying I'm right. Uh, Cooks, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Robbie Anderson, Corey Davis, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I guess it's good. But like I like Heath's receiving core, even though it's shallower, of Keenan Allen, Stefan Diggs, Tyler Boyd. It just feels like a lot better to me. I don't know. Well, he also took, you know, two of them first. Uh yeah, but Diggs and Cooks were back to back. But yeah, still, he, that's he his took, number one and my number yeah. two, though. I understand, but I'm just saying investing one round earlier in wide receiver to me f- feels a lot better. You guys if if Melvin Gordon is playing a month into the season, and I, I agree my team's a lot better. Um, if But if Melvin Gordon's out, 
Um, but that was the perfect was, spot for you to yeah. swing for the fences. I right. Mean, you know, yeah. you, you went with, obviously you're not going to pass on McCaffrey or Kamara, whoever falls to you at three. And then you, you took those three receivers, which I think a lot of people would say, those are the three best guys on the board. You can argue Boyd, but you know, still that's, you know, Allen and Diggs in, in two and three in the three receiver PPR league. That's fantastic. And then Coleman in round five as your second running back. Great. And so it's okay. At that point, does it make more sense to take, um, Alshon, Sterling Shepard, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, James White, Trico, you know, the guys that went right around him, uh, or try and win the league. And at right. that point, you try and win the league. So that's team four, which is uh, Kyler Murray at quarterback, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook, Ronald Jones, and Jalen Richard, Jamal Williams, Giovanni Bernard, and Rex Burkhead at running back. Uh, I'll just give you just a, just a quick comparison with Melvin Gordon and if I knew that Zeke was playing just because I had the choice of, I took Eckler over Melvin Gordon. Right. And I, I did that consciously with the thought of, okay, if I don't have Zeke for maybe a couple weeks, I'm expecting, and I've talked about this a lot, obviously Eckler, this is team five, that Eckler, even if Melvin Gordon comes back, still has the ability to be a starting player for you, whether it's running back or flex, depending on how your team looks. When you look at your teams, is there... All these teams. Is there a strategy you feel like worked the best? An overall takeaway? It's so hard to have a strategy when you're doing it with these three other guys. It really is because, like, I know the things they're going to do. Right. You know? I, right. My favorite team we haven't gotten to yet. So I think, I, but I do think the three wide receivers, one running back, worked pretty well. Okay. What's your favorite team? Seven. All right. That is a Heath team. Uh, so team well, seven. That, yeah, my favorite team of mine. Oh, I thought you meant overall. Okay. Oh, it's so, a great team. Probably still my favorite team of mine. Juju, Thielen, and Cup at wide receiver. The round two pick was Joe Mixon. And Duke Johnson, Philip. Yeah, this is a good team. Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Hunter Henry. But here's how it broke down from the seventh spot. Juju, Mixon, Thielen, Cooper Cup, Hunter Henry in round five. And then three straight running backs in rounds six through eight. Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Royce Freeman. Man, Philip Lindsay in round seven. That's good. Um, Tyrell Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Golden Tate. Yeah, he's going to be good when he comes back. Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger. Mike Davis and Carlos Hyde. Yeah, this is this is so far my favorite team. It's great. And, and it's funny. I think uh, I'm, I'm going to guess Ben's not a Duke Johnson guy. Uh, he, I believe, has if like if we all four had rankings, would have him the four, the second highest. Okay. Um, he should have taken him. That was like he should have taken him. This is this. I don't think he's gonna fall this far. That was round six, in early most, round, uh, mid round guys. six. Yeah. All right. So so if you could sum up why this team worked so well, Heath. Again, it's it's Goff and Roethlisberger who you took in rounds twelve and thirteen. It's Juju, Thielen, and Cup were three of your first four picks. And your running backs are Mixon, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, LaShawn McCoy, Mike Davis, and Carlos Hyde. Hyde, a smart move as the Duke Johnson owner with your last pick. Um, and Hunter Henry, your tight end in round five. Yeah, I don't know. You nailed is, it. Is Ben also down on Thielen like we are? I don't know. Because Thielen also falling to the right. middle of the third in PPR is probably not realistic either. Right. I No, I, I think part of it was this was in this draft, one of the best places to draft from um, a lot. Like I just kind of seemed to catch the end of a couple of runs mm -hmm. and, and a couple of tiers. Yep. Um, and it worked out really well. Now golf and Roethlisberger in round 12 and 13 is probably not going to happen very many drafts either. 
Um, but Hunter Henry is a perfect example of it. If I miss Hunter Henry, I don't like this team near as much because like my other two teams, it has a terrible tight end. Yeah. Well, but, but if you had missed Hunter Henry, who would you have taken? Would you have taken a running back like David Montgomery or Sony Michelle or Kenyon Drake, or would you have taken Will Fuller? Or a wide receiver? I, yeah, I definitely would not. The problem is that that would have put me in a really tough spot because I'm relatively certain my two highest ranked players in PPR would have been Kenyon Drake and D.D. Westbrook. And it's really too early based on ADP to take either of them there. Um, I was really lucky that Hunter, I mean, I might have taken Duke Johnson, who I took you in the next DD there. I, I could have. Yeah. That's just higher than he goes. But, so, it, but this you got to throw yeah, at ADP right. when you were doing this. Like it, I I had a similar approach with my first four picks with pick nine, which is probably my favorite team too. It's just and this is where the tight end difference becomes because like what I did was in round five I took David Montgomery instead of a tight end. And yeah, so, they were all gone by the time I got. They were all gone, right? So because because Hunter Henry had come off the board two picks earlier, right? You know, so I went receiver, running back, two receivers. You know, very similar start. Um, you know, again, you could debate who's got better players. I think they're very similar. And then I want right. to run yeah. backs right after. So yeah, so let's let's okay. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna wrap things up. We're gonna compare team seven and team nine. Both teams drafted a wide receiver in round one and a running back in round two, and let's see how the rest of it unfolded. We also have a special week one segment at the end of the show. Uh, in case you haven't noticed the Chris Harris interview, I, I will push uh, not doing it today on this episode. I will put it at the end of the Mike McClure DFS interview, so you will hear the Chris Harris interview later tonight on this Wednesday night. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. All right, wrapping it up here. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the first five picks were running backs in, the, in round one. The last seven picks were wide receivers. They were each of the top seven wide receivers. Those seven teams, two of them took a tight end in round two. Three of them took a running, or four of them took a running back. And one of them took Mike Evans. Uh, so if we compare teams seven and nine in a three-receiver PPR league, they both went wide receiver, Running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. Heath was Juju, Mixon, Thielen, and Cup. Jamie, out of the nine spot, was Adams, Le'Veon Bell, Robert Woods, and Tyler Lockett. Let's just call it a push at that point. Heath then took Hunter Henry, and Jamie took David Montgomery two picks later. And then Jamie took Marlon Mack, while Heath took Duke Johnson. So we've already established that Heath's team, Team 7, is, is great. How did Jamie's team finish? Jameis Winston is his quarterback. He took him you know, right around when Jared Goff went for Heath. Um, Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Marvin Jones are his four receivers, plus Geronimo Allison and a, and a couple of uh, 49ers, not named Pettis. Running backs are Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery, Marlon Mack, and Darius Geis. And Delaney Walker says tight end. And I love this team. I think both of these teams are great. And this might be this might be how I would how I would lean now. Like seeing this pick by pick series. If I'm in a three receiver league, I think if you're picking late after the big five running backs are gone, big four running backs are gone or whatever, going wide receiver, running back, receiver, receiver, I think it could really work for you. I just think that you're probably waiting to take, you know, a, a quarterback that's ranked somewhere around 8 to 12, like Goff and Roethlisberger and Winston. And guys, I think you did a great job from those 7 and 9 spots, and I think this is a really, really smart way to start a three-receiver team. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, I think it's, you know, the, the nice thing for both of us is we have three receivers that are top 20, however right. you want to break it down, and, and that makes it 
pretty satisfying when you have two top 10 running, when you have a top 10 running back, you know? And so I, I think that's the, the thing that makes these rosters work so well. And then, you know, for Heath's case, he has a great tight end, you know, one of the top six guys, uh, and still very good running back depth with Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay filling out his two and his three. You know, I, I may have a little bit better fourth receiver and, and, I know as much as you like Tyler Williams, I think you like Marvin Jones a little bit better than right. Yeah, um, I they're ranked right, right about the same spot for me. Most people would take Marvin Jones. Almost over, everyone over would Tyler Williams, and you know it, it's just you know you start to have slight differences. But yeah, I agree with you, Adam. I think this is um, uh, like he said, this is that's his favorite team. I think it's my favorite team as well. My apologies to Chris Harris. I did want to get that interview in on this episode, but. I realized we just needed a little bit more time to talk about this pick by pick series. So he's going to beat you to a yeah, pulp. He's, he's like very in shape and he is going to kick my butt. Um, do you, do and, you remember that story? How he was like fawning over Chris Harris? Uh, no. Um, he, he met Chris at the flex draft two years ago. Talking about how, how good his shape he was in. Flex. Yeah, speaking yeah, of yeah, flex, I mean, Chris is, you know, yeah. very fit. And so I said to Chris during the interview, which we recorded that, um, because Chris knows Eric Young right. from WWE. Mm-hmm. I said, can you, Chris, can you imagine as Adam was fawning over you, now he's sitting in a room with a professional wrestler for six hours. Right. The compliments that were probably going in Eric Young's direction. Heath, what was the question? Adam was very uncomfortable. Okay, what was the question you asked Eric Young <laughs> as it relates to um, how, Oh, I, the question that we've been debating in the office for, for weeks now, uh, how far he could carry Adam Azer. And yeah. he almost like he did. He was so professional, did such a great job. It was a joy working with him. He almost lost it completely when he heard that Adam weighed 135 pounds. I weigh 145 um, pounds. 143 pounds. Uh, like he just giggling was so funny. And he said, well, I can uh, squat 460. So I think I could carry him for a mile. <laughs> yeah. He could squat almost four of you. <laughs> <laughs> like if if he had a bar and two of you sat on each side, he could probably do that once. So if you saw the telethon, Heath was not just wearing a V neck; he was a capital V. Yeah. Um, oh, so full much shades. He was, he was chest hair was everywhere. That was That's a lot was more intimidating than Eric Young, by the way. I, I was if saying. one of the lights fell here and the room caught on fire and Heath's chest hair caught on fire, Eric would have picked Adam up and carried him to safety. Yes. While probably still picking up maybe two or three other things. Yeah, and eating a pizza. All right, guys, we have a few minutes left. We have to do our head and shoulders segment, looking ahead to week one, offense versus defense. Last year, Patrick Mahomes had his worst game of the season against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He scored 15 fantasy points in a six-point-per-passing touchdown league and a four-point-per-passing touchdown league because he didn't throw a touchdown, but he did rush for one. That was, again, his worst game of the year, and it was in Arrowhead. Week one, he's at Jacksonville. They allowed the six fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They added Josh Allen. Uh, There were only two quarterbacks last year that had good games without a rushing touchdown, like really good games without a rushing touchdown against the Jaguars. So my question is, would you start Patrick Mahomes in week one? Let's just play a game and pretend you have a second quarterback. Or Dak Prescott, who is home against the Giants. Last time he faced the Giants was week 17. He had 41 fantasy points, threw for 387 yards and four touchdowns. Um, must be noted, his first game against the Giants wasn't very good, only 16 fantasy points. But uh, offense versus defense, head and shoulders, Patrick Mahomes or Dak Prescott in week one? I'm, I'm going to assume we're playing this out as if Amari Cooper is on yeah. the field for the Cowboys because that's a, a huge difference maker, clearly. Uh, I'm still starting Mahomes. I'm not going to get cute with it, but it would not surprise me if Prescott is better. You don't draft Patrick Mahomes as high as you do with the thought of benching him 
really any week. And as we know, Andy Reid, when he has time to prepare for a defense, he usually is typically very good, which is why his record coming off buys is fantastic. Um, but I don't think, you know, I haven't gotten to my week one rankings yet. I don't think Mahomes is going to be my number one quarterback for the week. I haven't done my rankings yet. I ran my first run of week one projections last night, and Patrick Mahomes was not my number one quarterback. Yeah, it, it's... He was number who, two. He yeah, was. He's number know one. Watson. Yeah, I don't think Mahomes is... He may not be in my top five. Uh, Jacksonville's defense is going to be nasty once again. And uh, like you said, Adam, they, this was early in the season when that defense was still playing at a very high level when they met last year. Um, they're going to be better. I, I will just say one thing, like in looking back at that game, because I thought that I remembered it this way, Patrick Mahomes threw for 313 yards in that game and averaged 8.2 yards per attempt, which is well above average. Um, the that was at home, though. The fact that he didn't throw a touchdown is a little bit fluky. Sure. But the fact True, that he rushed for a I, touchdown might be a little fluky, too. I, I just I do have to wrap it up. I'm sorry. but I, no, Just real quick, I, yeah. I, I spoke to Calais Campbell at the Pro Bowl because I did the story in our magazine about Patrick Mahomes, and I said, you know, what was your key to, to success? And he's like, you have to hit that guy. And if there's any team that can hit him, they have one of the best defensive lines in football. All right. Hey, we have a Patrick Mahomes song that I plan on playing on the show tomorrow. Um so the as answer long as you is, don't sing it, we're is good. Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> that offense against that Jacksonville defense. I am not singing it. Someone else is singing DFS, it. DFS, it's easy to play Dak. Uh, oh, right. And Dak, Dak was a top six quarterback in my first correction. So he's up there. Head and shoulders, great offense for your hair and defense for a flake-free scalp. Go visit headandshoulders.com slash NFL for more. I hope this was helpful, everybody, in, in building your team. Uh, thanks to Jamie and to Heath. Sorry to Chris Harris, but you're going to hear him later tonight when we have our special DFS episode with Mike McClure. For Heath and Jamie, I am Adam. Talk to you tomorrow, or talk to you tonight, actually, on Fantasy Football Today.